Hey friends, welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. Our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. Good to have you with me again, or maybe this is your first time. This is episode 166. Can't believe we've gone this far, just really every week feel amazed. Amazed by that and grateful to God, grateful to you, our listeners. If you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. You can learn more about me, many other resources there. You can also catch the podcast there. You can stream it. You can share it. You can subscribe to the multiple platforms. And wherever you may be listening, leaving a review, leaving a rating, sharing it with others is a great way for us to really get recognized in the world of algorithms and podcasts and all of the social media stuff that's sitting out there for our for our consumption. I'm so glad you're with me. It's really a privilege to have you here. You know, we're going to pick up from where we were in the previous podcast. This is part two of I love being a part of this team. Those are things as a leader that we want to hear. I hope you want to hear that because because I want to hear that. I want to know that because of my leadership, my love, because of your leadership and your love, people on your team, whether they are paid staff or volunteer staff, that they, if not say it verbally and literally, certainly would say it within their own heart and maybe to themselves, I love being a part of this team. And last week we shared with you two of four reasons why I believe if we give these kind of leadership, these four reasons, these four applications, these four values, these four uh, driven leadership ideas, people will say, I love being a part of this team. So in today's podcast, we're going to review the first two from the previous and share with you the remaining two ideas. I love being a part of this team. When you think about that, it feels like morale on the staff is good. When you hear someone say, I love being a part of this team, it feels like and it's easy to believe that everybody is contributing their unique talents and gifts and skills and energy and time and passion and creativity towards something bigger than themselves. We only have one life, and while the bottom line is important, a lot of us, we want to live for something bigger and more eternal than just the bottom line. I love being a part of this team. It speaks to a sense of connection and collaboration, that everybody is bringing their unique contribution to the organization and to the team, and they're fitting together. I remember years ago, I was in a gathering hall with a couple of thousand people, and the speaker was talking about how this gathering is a a congregation or it is a gathering, and there's a lot of parts in the room. He said the difference between a gathering and an assembly is an assembly as you begin to assemble these parts together. And he began to communicate about the power of not just being a gathering, but being an assembly. Friends, that's what I think it means when We can lead in such a way that it inspires those we lead to say, I love being a part of this team. They recognize and are communicating that this is an assembly, not just a gathering of employees, that everybody is working together with their unique part for something really, really significant. Getting things done, making things happen, 
providing a service, a product, an opportunity, a moment, an increase that really can benefit other people, other societies, benefit the company, benefit the church, benefit the not-for-profit. I love being a part of this team. Unity, collaboration, creativity, morale. People are living for something bigger than themselves. So when we talked about this in the previous podcast, the first two ideas we shared, the first two leadership thoughts that ought to be in our mind if we want to cultivate this kind of environment, the first was love people more than paperwork. And that had to do with the ideas of affirmation and idea sharing and caring. And second leadership thought was to connect before you communicate. And I would encourage you to listen to episode 165 and get caught up on those two ideas because I do a little deeper dive on those two thoughts. But today, let me share with you thought number three and thought number four. Thought number three for developing the kind of leadership and the leadership environment that says and that fosters within people, I love being a part of this team, leadership thought number three is be the culture your organization needs and deserves and deserves I, th- I put that and deserves on there because what that causes us to do as a leader is to elevate people and recognize they're not just employees with the number they don't have an id number they just don't have a badge that they swing to get in the building these aren't just faces and numbers and these are human beings that only have one life and and, and they're willing to spend Many years, maybe, of that one life they get on the kind of leadership we're offering. What, what kind of leadership should we give them that deserves the right for them to spend this amount of time and this amount of energy and this amount of creativity and this amount of thought and, and risk and, and difficulty on the thing we're leading? I mean, be the culture not only your organization needs, that kind of seems obvious, But I want us to elevate it and say, be the culture your organization deserves. Be be the kind of leader that people say, I do not mind. Actually, I am inspired to spend a part of the only life I have on serving this leader, serving this organization, serving this not-for-profit. I know leaders like this who seem to rally and inspire people for causes that are way bigger than themselves. And these leaders recognize that I just can't talk about culture, just can't teach about culture, I just can't demand culture. I actually have to be the culture. I have to be and embody the values. I have to be and embody the kind of character that I want the organization to have. I have to be and personify and fulfill the kind of expectations that I place on everyone else. Leaders go first, and leaders are not afraid to look in the mirror and say, am I personifying, embodying, manifesting the very kind of culture that I want to see happening around me? I had a moment like that this weekend. It was a brief moment at which I was in this unbelievable leadership space and beautiful things were happening around me. And for a moment, I thought, this is what I've dreamed about. This moment right here, right now, the way this feels and what is happening and what we are experiencing, fantastic. It starts with us, friends. If you want people to say, I love being a part of this team, then they need to be able to look at our lives and say, my leader, my overseer, the, my, my shepherd, the one I'm following, 
they, they, they just don't say it, they live it. You, you, I mean, this is in essence what we're talking about. You, you have to live the culture. And you have to live it when nobody sees it. You have to live it when there's no accolades. You have to live it when there's no performance review. You have to live it when there's no raise on the line. You have to live it when nobody's watching because... A few key ideas that we hold as core truths here at Extraordinary Lives, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives, is that you can't give away what you don't have. You can't take people where you haven't been. Leaders reproduce who they are, not what they do. Be the culture your organization needs and deserves. So pay attention to your values. Pay attention to your character growth. Pay attention not only to the expectations you place upon others, but the expectations you place upon yourself. So uh, let's talk about idea thought number four, leadership thought number four, for I love being a part of this team. Empower, don't transfer. Empower, don't transfer. I love this thought. Uh, empower is to, it, it, it's the sign almost, it's to sign the title deed over to somebody. Uh, it's not just tossing them my keys and say, you can borrow my car. That's like a transfer of responsibility for a limited time and for a little mo- limited moment and for a special situation. I-, I had a transfer moment my junior year in high school. My car was total junk. <laughs> I didn't want to take it to prom. But my dad was um, knew a friend, had a friend that had a really nice Mustang. And I said, Dad, I'd be like, would you be willing to ask that friend if I could like take their Mustang to my prom and pick up my prom date in this Mustang. And he asked, and they said, yes. They didn't give me the title deed to the Mustang, but they did transfer <laughs> the responsibility of that Mustang to me for, you know, a night to go to the prom. And I got to tell you, I felt way cooler in that car than I did in my junkie automobile. You know, that's the difference between empowering and transferring. Empowering is you give people decision-making authority you define the boundaries in which they can make decisions. You you communicate with clarity and you ask the kind of questions to get them to communicate back what they heard. Because you might believe you're communicating with clarity. They may not be hearing with the same kind of clarity. So communicate with clarity and then say something like, tell me what you heard me say. Tell me how you're interpreting what I communicated to you. And you really want to make sure they're hearing you clearly, setting these boundaries in place, making sure you're really on the same page. Because to be honest, it's so easy to make assumptions and to just almost subconsciously make these interpretations and believe that the way The person you're speaking to is interpreting it is the same way you mean it, but no one actually communicates that to validate it. Empowering and not transferring means you actually give people responsibility. You validate their identity. I love this. You begin to speak to who they are. You are courageous. You are wise. You are resourceful. You know how to solve problems. You know how to ask for help. You know your limitations. You're respectful. You're humble. You're generous. You're this. You're that. This is who you are. And when I can build another up in their identity, then I feel a lot more comfortable as a leader putting them in a seat of responsibility because the responsibility is not 
something to validate their identity. It's not something to say, hey, yeah, look at me, I'm all of that. No, the idea of responsibility is to say, I've been given an opportunity. I feel humbled and privileged by this. And this seed of responsibility grants me a certain amount of authority, a certain amount of decision-making, a certain amount of access to resources, the ability to access what I need to get XYZ project done. That, my friends, is empowerment, not simply transferring. Be willing to let people own intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, mentally, organizationally. Let people own what it is that they are giving their lives for. Let them have almost some invested emotional stock, if you will. Like, I don't know if your organization, like my organization doesn't have stock. I can't actually give people stock options in our organization. But letting people have a voice and listening to them and responding to them and moving in their ideas and letting them know that you really are shaping the culture and the direction and the destiny and the purpose of this organization Friends, that's so powerful, and people feel empowered in that. You want to be able to sign over the title deed of responsibility and leadership and not just toss them a key like they did on my prom in the Mustang. Empowering and not transferring is giving people opportunity. It's giving them a welcomed change. Yeah, the pressure of problems are there and negative attitudes are around and maybe people want to blame or resist change or something like that. You can work through those ideas with good conversation, setting boundaries, effective listening, leaning into your values, leaning into the broader purpose of your organization. People will say, I love being a part of this team. When you really empower them and simply don't transfer. Don't offload the cruddy things that you don't want to do in the name of empowerment. <laughs> and don't just give everybody like, oh, these are the things I hate. So I'm going to give this to other people and say, quote, unquote, you're now empowered. People know when you're offloading the junk that you don't want to do. You got to jump in there and say, I'm one of you. And yes, I have a role and a title that comes with a unique set of responsibilities and a different kind of accountability than maybe other people in the organization. But I want to use my influence. I want to use my accountability. I want to use the office or the leverage that I've been given and really empower other people. And let me say, don't just empower them around the organization. Think about their personal lives. There's a wonderful, wonderful book out there you might enjoy reading called The Dream Manager. It's written primarily as a fable meant to illustrate some powerful truths. And part of the real, well, the real heart of the book is about you get better employees when you spend some time caring about their personal lives, helping them figure out how to buy a home or help them figure out a college savings plans for their kids or help them figure out how to pay off debt or help them develop a plan for promotion or maybe helping them learn a second language, something that they, they begin to feel from their organization and from their leaders. They care about me, not just what I give to the organization. Don't just empower people to be organizationally successful. Empower people also towards personal accomplishment. Now, your organization may not have room for that. Your organization may not even want you to do that. So I recognize that what I'm 
passionately exhorting you to do may not fit within your organization. It may not fit within the climate values, job description, or expectations that you carry within your organization. But what about your leadership as a parent? What about your leadership as a sibling? What about your leadership at your church or other organizations where maybe you can volunteer? What about in those places? So friends, you can do it. You can do it. I encourage you to be the culture your organization needs and deserves, and I encourage you to empower, don't simply transfer. Give people clear decision-making authority, clear boundaries, offer them responsibility that's rooted in identity, allow for movement and growth. Failure is not fatal. We learn from our mistakes and we welcome change. We give people a voice for these things. We listen, we respond, we adopt, we integrate. And people on your team start to feel like, man, I really am making a difference here. They just don't care about me organizationally. They really do care about me personally. All right, four leadership thoughts to help people on your team say, I love being a part of this team. Love people more than paperwork. Connect before you communicate. Be the culture your organization needs and deserves. And empower. Don't simply transfer. Hey, friends, thanks for listening again. Episode 166 of Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. I'm so honored to have you with me again. Hope you have a great week, everybody. Stay healthy, stay hopeful, and I'll talk to you again soon.